live ad read tonight for Holman Barnes Group. Uh, we have one handsome man. He was up on my screen. So shout out to Holman Barnes Group. As and I walking into the game on uh, last night, we went to the Holman Barnes stand. And as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook stream, welcome to all our streamers coming in. As put his hand, he signed up to become a West Ashfield member. Now that he's, that was a free, free one-year promo that they were offering. Put his hand in the lucky door prize and pulled out a twenty-dollar dining voucher. So thanks in advance to Holman Barnes Group slash West Ashfield because it's as a shout, shout. Next time we go to West Ashfield, he's won a twenty-dollar voucher, and um, yeah, look forward to redeeming that. I want a scarf, and I've got about six thousand West Tiger scarf, but. Thanks, guys. Uh, anyway, but uh, yeah, your shout as next time. Welcome into the West Life podcast. As I said, we are sponsored by Holman Barnes Group, including West Asheville Leagues. Best place to watch a game live and loud. Well, there's obviously no game this weekend incoming, so I guess go watch other teams play, have a, have a pizza, uh, have a feed at the Chinese restaurant. So... Uh, we can relax this weekend, a stress-free weekend, and it's school holidays as well. So take the kids for a feed there at West Life Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you'd like to support us and take part in the show, patreon.com forward slash West Life. And shouts to our YouTube streamers right now. Give us a like and a subscribe. Even if you don't watch us on YouTube, we're trying to get to 1,000 uh, subs by the end of the season. That's kind of our goal there. So even in... Even if you don't even go on YouTube, if go to, get on YouTube and just give us a like and a subscribe uh, if you're listening to, back to this on a, another platform. And I'll welcome in uh, Mr. Bashara. How are you 24 hours after a heartbreaking loss to the Parramatta Eels? How are you feeling this evening? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Josh. Hello, everyone. Uh, look, uh, I guess I'm just conditioned to losing. I think that's what us West Tigers fans are conditioned to. So we're all suffering from um, Stockholm syndrome. So we're, we're starved of wins. We get, we get a little, a few spoons like we got in the second half yesterday that keep us hanging on. But yeah, look, it's just disappointing to lose. I, I, I thought the way we played from the 50th minute onwards, even when we were down by six points, I was messaging family and friends saying, we got them. We're, we're going to come over the top here. We're killing them. Um, but, you know, a few unlucky things happen and, and some of it self-inflicted too. But, yeah, it's just a six loss in a row now and, uh, yeah, 10th as a club and one win out of 20. So, not good. Important question from DD Lodz on the YouTube stream. What gel do you use, Rob? You look immaculate. Uh, What's the secret with the hair? Uh, look, honestly, I don't care about my hair. I needed a haircut in Queensland. Some bird <laughs> gave me... Some bird gave me some styling some thing and okay. said, just put like a little dab on your finger and do the hokey pokey and turn it all around, whatever, and that's it. So, yep. yeah, don't, don't know what's going on there. Just following instructions. It sounds like more of a massage parlor than a hairdresser. But no, no, Aaron no, no, Thompson... no, 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 don't go there. No, definitely not. Definitely not. It was in the Oasis at Broadbeach. Don't do that to me, Josh. Oh, shout out. Shout out to Oasis <laughs> at Broadbeach. Uh, Mr. Thompson coming in from the inner west of sydney now how are you this evening yeah good thanks josh g'day rob g'day everyone watching or listening um i had had some migraines today after the events following the game yesterday but it's been a bit of a 
tough emotional week slash weekend for me. And yeah, I was hopeful that a win would, um, or at least a good performance would um, give me a few reasons to smile. Uh, hopefully the team can take a bit out of this, but yeah, the two injuries or the two serious injuries we copped um, plus the one mm. from a reserve grade player are real, real dampeners on what was a, a very decent second half performance in particular. Yeah. I feel like if it, if it wasn't, 250 hang on i did google it before it's 200 now 255 days since our last win if that wasn't the case i think we would have left the the stadium yesterday feeling somewhat content because of the effort but the fact that it's been so long i think it's we're, we're kind of in two minds about it you might hear some popping in the background it's uh the easter show is also interrupting the show again for another episode, so if you hear something in the background, I'll do my best to uh, get yeah mute around it. Uh, right, moving on to some news, some good news that we did see uh, on Monday night at the game, as we saw the West Tigers NRW uh, sorry NRLW signings were all there. In, um, do you want to read out the names for me? As you're better better at that. Yep, so we got five signings. All of them have come from the 2022 Parramatta Eels NRLW squad, which I absolutely love that they announced it on game day, which was probably for that very reason. So we got Tess Staines, Nevada George, Lazana Lotu, uh, Christian Pio, and Rakia Horn, I think is how her yep. name is pronounced. And I sent a friend of the show, Tess Staines, who we had on uh, last year for the Harvey Norman girls one we did say on the show to test that we want to steal her from Parramatta and she was a bit coy about it but look, I'm not saying, I'm not saying <laughs> it, it was out. us I'm not saying it was us that got her over the line but uh who knows could be but I did, we did I, send I loved what she I loved what she had to say when she was being interviewed on the field she wants to repay the faith in the club for being yeah. the first club to give her a shot at like football with the Harvey Norman women's team so yeah that was yeah. really good to hear and all four, all five of these girls are going to bring something massive to the squad. Considering the three that we had originally signed, we like uh, those eight players will probably all have a spot in the starting thirteen. I would imagine, yeah. and that it's a really, really good side shaping up so far. Yeah. When does the season start? As I believe it's either mid June or late July, or mid mid June, late June, early July. I know the okay. preseason for the women starts at the end of May. Okay. Um, so it's going to be a little bit after that. Uh, we, we don't have a draw for the NRLW yet, but I believe mm. that's due to come out this month. Beautiful. You're onto it. Right on back to the men's game yesterday. So we've got a few Sheensy clips to go through. Uh, what order should we do it in? Maybe, um, look, we'll start with, we'll start with AD. It's, I guess it's the... Arguably the big, the biggest news to come out of yesterday: AD going down with a, another uh, ACL injury. Here's Sheenzy post game last night talking about it, and Appy as well. ACL. Yeah, probably if it is ACL, it could be more than that. Appy, your thoughts on that? Oh, look. Um, obviously, we feel very sorry for Adam. He was a huge part of this team, and um, unfortunately, it's just one of those things that happen in rugby league. Um, so, you know, the boys will get around him and make sure he's got the support. But 
Um, yeah, he's going to be feeling you know pretty down for a while. Um, but I don't know if it's been confirmed or not, so no. still have to wait for that too. They just think so, so but you know, Doc's pretty sure. So, but anyway, we'll know tomorrow or the next day. I just saw uh, Colony on the comments said Tiger's literally just released injury updates. Uh, AD high grade partial tear of the ACL. So uh, I'm sure NRL physio will break that down. Just how bad that is. But uh, Rob, obviously, either way, it's heartbreaking for for Adam. And he was having not that it uh, makes it any uh, worse or better, but he was having a great game as well yesterday, in my opinion. Yeah, look, um, firstly, I think on behalf of all of us, you know, big shout out to Adam and to NATO uh, and to Jordan Hill. Hope they all recover well. But the fact that this has happened three times on the same knee, um, you know, it's got to put some doubts in Adam's mind. And he's worked so hard to get back to, you know, trying to get back to peak fitness. And and he Mm. looked really good yesterday for most of the game. His kicking game was outstanding. His running game was great. His passing game was good. Uh, Yeah, I'm accused of being an AD defender. I've got no problems with that. He's he's played six games this year, three of them at five eighth, and he's blitzed two of them. He had you know round two against Newcastle wasn't wasn't a good game, but he killed it against the Titans. He killed it yesterday, um, and just you know obviously with NATO as well. Like if you ask me preseason who our best two backs were, I would have said Wahey and Naden, and and now they're both gone for extended periods. So uh, yeah, going to be hard to replace them, but that's just footy guys. We've we've got to move on. A lot of other teams are winning with their you know, second and third string halves, and I, I could read out four or five five of them off the top of my head. So we've just got to move on. Um, I'm actually glad, Josh, that we've got the bye because uh, if we had to name a team straight away, we might have been pushed into naming something without really putting that much thought into it. So I think now we've got at least a week to kind of work out which way we want to go as a team and who we want to put in those positions and, and hopefully the coaching staff come up with the right decisions. You there, Aaron? Uh, Josh? Uh, Josh is muted. Well, I'm mute. Sorry, I muted myself. Uh, okay. and forgot, I forgot to unmute. The fireworks were going off, so I didn't mute myself. That's all right. I was wondering what was going on there. <laughs> what I did say to just to myself and not to the thousands of you listening, what I was, was saying, uh, the West Tigers just put out the update, as the guys said, literally at 8.30 tonight This is as we went on to air. So... Uh, scans have confirmed that Dwayne has suffered a high-grade partial tear of his ACL left knee. Further medical investigations are required uh, to determine the full extent of the injury pro- prognosis. The West Tigers 5'8 sustained the injury late in the second half loss to the team's par- Eastern Monday loss to Paramount Eels. Dwayne has ruptured the anterior cruciate ligament, ACL, uh, in his left knee twice before in 2018 when at South Sydney in 2021 in his second year at West Tigers. Uh, Brent Naden was also forced from the field on Easter Monday after injuring his shoulder when scoring a try in the 64th minute. Uh, Naden has suffered a grade three AC joint injury and is expected to be out for two to four weeks. Look, uh, two to four weeks only for Naden, I guess, as that's something that's, look, I think that's not a, on the Brent Naden side of things, that's not too bad. That's I don't know if that includes the bye week either. So it might be just one game. Yeah, sure. that's that's massive news. Um, considering I think the the expected outcome of that one was that he had broken his collarbone, which I think would have put him mm. out for in the vicinity of two to three months. So 
up to one month is significantly better than it could have been. Um, and that does include by weeks. So it's literally just weeks of the calendar. So he may miss one or two, maybe three games at most. So that is, that is really, really good. Um, as for AD, I do like to hear that it's a partial tear because usually that means a lot less recovery time required than for the complete tear. Um, so hopefully we get a we get an update on AD ASAP and hopefully he do, he's not out for the rest of the season. Um, he might, if it's only a partial tear, he may be a chance of coming back later in the year, um, which would do his confidence a, a world of good and mm. would be good news for all concerned, I think. But um, yeah, I'm absolutely mm. devastated for AD. Yeah, um, it, it's absolute awful to to do that. Not once, not twice, let alone three times to the same knee. Um, Jordan Hill in the reserve grade team as well, doing his ACL. I feel terrible for him because obviously, when you're in that team, you're looking to look for a place in the first grade team, and he now doesn't get that chance, at least for the rest of this year, which is highly unfortunate. So. Thought, thoughts with all three of those guys as they recover from their injuries. Um, mm. Based on what Talau said um, post-game or pre-game as well, because he, he, he and Noffa were both interviewed pre-game at the stadium. Uh, Tommy looks like he's going to... He said, I think he said he's gone back into full training this week, so he might be available for selection up by. And I think Noffa said generally the same thing, so... Whether or not Noffa in particular will be selected, I'm not sure. But allow a chance to press a claim to come back into the team. Look, if Noffa cut with two two backs going out, if Noffa doesn't get back in to the side uh, up with Riding those two guys, yeah, it might be a bit concerning. Because um, Rob, what? Um, I mean, obviously. The preview shows three episodes away for the next uh, next West Tigers match, but who do you expect to come in for those guys? Oh, look, who who knows what how Tim Sheens thinks? But I mean, the straight up swap would be, you know, Wakem for AD, uh, and hopefully Talau in a couple of weeks for Naden. That'd be just mm. the simplest way to do it. If you looked at that lineup yesterday, based on how the coaches have been selecting the team, you would say that. Um, Talau was the only player missing from our full-strength team. So Talau would walk in and Wakem would walk in. If Talau's not ready, you know, they've got options. They can put Tower in the centres. Wouldn't mind seeing Tupu have a go in the centres based on the fact that he was playing in the centres originally as a, as a union player and, and and the beast mode game that he had yesterday. But well, we've, we've got a few options there, but we were thin pre-season on outside backs. Uh, this makes it a lot harder. And, and also, I don't, I don't think Noffa gets a look back in, guys, unless we're literally down to the bones. Uh, GD Tiger, honest question. Doesn't ACL get stronger once repaired three times now? Shit, luck. Uh, not really. It does. Look, I'm not a doctor um, at all. I know like bones and muscle repair itself better, but ligaments, people tend to it, – it tends to repeat. For some people, I mean, look at Tim Moulton. I could name, yeah, a number of basketball players and stuff. It seems to be to some people, yeah, have ACLs that aren't, aren't as strong as others. Unfortunately, it doesn't doesn't really, um, yeah. It's not like a, I don't. I believe it's not like a muscle or a bone where it it does, yeah, harden up and get better. So, yeah. So that does 
put a bit of risk in if he does come back. Like, how much will we fear he does it again? But we've, we feared that with Tedesco. Uh, not that it really mattered a couple of years later, but um, who knows? Yeah, maybe he... Yeah. Look, time, time will tell, I guess. It's, um, it's sad. It's one of the... Yeah, not only one of our best players, but a good guy as well. So uh, thoughts and love out to AD. Uh, let's get on to another Sheenzy quote. Here's uh, Sheenzy talking about what they're going to do over the next week with the buy coming up. Well, the first thing will be, you know, put us back together again, you know, with uh, injuries and so on. We're carrying a, a reasonable injury rate as most sides at this stage. So uh, give them some rest time and then uh, some hard training, getting ready for the next round. You know, but this week coming, we'll be um, uh, analysing where we're going, um, you know, what's happened in the first six rounds, obviously, and where we need to improve. Put some work into that, you know, over the back end of the week and early and and the week after, and then come back out fighting again. I mean, that's that's what the nature of the game is. You know, we're not going to lay down. Uh, there's still plenty of football to play. Any suggestions to send off to Sheenzy? I'm sure he listens to the show. Bob, <laughs> what should they be looking for? I, I I don't I don't know what they should be looking for, Josh. And honestly, like, but where where I sit with where I sit with the club now, I kind of half don't care. I mean, I do care, but I just can't care too much because I need to be able to sleep at night because that's how much I I love this joint. I wanted to do well, and it's it's just twelve years of rubbish. Um, and it's, it's just very frustrating. So, look, just keep it simple. Get the right guys in the right positions. Um, you know, don't don't try and reinvent the wheel too much now. Just just back the players that should be there and, and that are on in form and the ones that shouldn't be there, just don't pick them. Uh, actually, I'm, in, I'm going to the 10-year member dinner tomorrow night. I actually could ask Shenzi. Uh, as any any suggestions for Shenzi? Oh. Rob, Rob's pretty much hit the nail on the head there. Um, back the players. Don't like, don't stop them from playing footy, but make them tone it down a little bit. I don't, there, there just needs to be a lot of improvement in the red zone attack because, as we saw on um, last night, we were pretty good from long range. It was just that red zone uh, putting the plays on inside the twenty where we where we struggled and. Because like out of our tries, we didn't score a try with some solid attacking play until the second half. Because the only try we scored in the first half was a, a runaway off a Mitchell Moses error, which don't, which or errant pass, I should say, which there aren't too many of. Yeah. I don't know how you fix the. I don't know how you fix the red zone attack, but because um, I'm I'm not like the the play the playmaker or anything like that. But yeah, some something has to change there. GD Tiger suggesting they might not let me in tomorrow night to the, the members. <laughs> Do you know, look, I'm a paying member, and if anything our management has shown is if you pay your money, they uh, yeah, yeah. they treat you better than everyone they else. Treat you better. Um, righto, last Sheenzy quote. He's just talking about the game itself. What I said, didn't I? Yeah. It's just what I said. We've been coming back in the second halves really well. Uh, I don't think we've only lost about one. I think last week, and uh, overall we've been, you know, we've been resilient coming back at them. You know, but giving them the start is always the problem. You know, three tries from kicks uh, after last week. The kicking efforts by Brisbane, 
disappoints us because we put a lot of time into it. Rob, saw you shaking your head there. Shenzi, look, he, he's not wrong. We keep winning second halves, but what are your thoughts? Well, he said we put a lot of time into grubber kicks. I mean, obviously he's referring to Jordan, Ricky and uh, Capewell's grubber kick tries last week, and yet there were three tries scored yesterday. So there's one of two things there. Either we don't know how to coach him to defend those kicks, or he's lying. So which one is it? It didn't happen once. It happened three times yesterday. So I just shake my head at that because I kind of feel like that's just a politically correct answer to say. Maybe they did work on it. But if they did work on it, they weren't taught very well, were they? I mean, Charlie Staines made an effort with one, but you, you look at Kapoa there, he just like turns around and has a look and there's just no desperation there. And, and, and mm. as for that second half stuff, Josh... I mean, I just think yesterday reminded me, even though the score lines were different, yesterday reminded me of the Melbourne game. Okay, so I just felt like in the Melbourne game, our left edge was really poor in defence. Uh, they were making a lot of meterage on our left edge. And then in the second half of that game, our left edge was really strong. And yesterday, I just felt it was more personal pride that came into it with our attack. I mean, you look at the attack in the first half, excuse me, and look at the attack in the second half, you, you just can't compare it. And I just think it comes down to desperation, wanting to win. Um, you know, even right at the end of the game, like Brooksy wasn't refusing to concede. He was looking at the ref pleading. It's a voluntary tackle, like not touching Guffo. Like there was will to win and wanting to win all the time. But can't keep saying we win the second half. Like we've played six games in a row. In every game, the opposition scored the first two tries. In every game. In Gold Coast case, they scored the first three tries. And in the Brisbane game, they scored the first five tries. So we're doing something wrong. And I rewatched the game today, and I, and I can see what we're doing differently. Like, we weren't putting any form of attack from our own end of the field. Like, our yardage and our gainage was fantastic, but we weren't putting any backline plays. And I even rewatched the game, and I, and I literally wrote down Appy Corusau, Adam Dwayne, Luke Brooks, and I counted every touch they had to see who was getting involved in this game, who's running the show. Guys, we're rubbish without Appy Coruscant. Like, when you actually re-watch the game and see how, how many times he's touching the ball, what he's trying to do, he literally squared up the attack on his own, like inside and outside shows, and then straightening up, and then giving it to Brooks or to Adam, and suddenly they had room. Like, he's doing it on his own. I know Junior Tupu was great. Staines had his moments. Bateman had his moment. Adam had his moments, but Coruscant was by far the man of the match yesterday. Other than the stupid decision of him taking the field, uh, the, the conversion attempt, which I think is his fault, um, he really didn't put a foot wrong. So, you know, like I said, I, I, I re-watched the game. Luke Brooks didn't touch the ball in the first two sets that we got the ball. He didn't touch the ball once. I'm not that's blaming crazy. Luke Brooks. That's, mm. that's just how we're designed to play. Appy's, Appy, literally, they take a kickoff. And Appy's at dummy half from tackle two to tackle six. And Luke Brooks didn't touch the ball once in the first two sets. He doesn't get involved until we get in the red zone. And I don't know how many touches he had for the game. I couldn't be screwed working out how many touches he had. But suddenly, when you look at the second half, he got more involved. He threw a beautiful long ball that set up a try. He threw another long ball later. He started running. He started, it just, I think it just became instinctive. But in the first half, it's like our attack is designed 
from our end to just keep him away from the ball. He, I, I literally counted every set we had, and I think there were two sets where he touched the ball four times, and that was in in the Parramatta uh, quarter line. But he never touched the ball more than twice when we were either coming out of our end, and sometimes he wouldn't touch it at all, maybe with a kick on the last tackle. So you try and look at the difference in the two teams. And then Sheen said in his press conference, at halftime I told him to simplify it. Well, maybe he did, but the opposite happened because we were playing simple football in the first half and making good yardage, and we couldn't score in the red zone. Second half, when we're down 22-6, we started throwing the ball around. We started looking like there were some passages there where I just thought, where's this been all year? Mm. Like, where has this been all year? Why is it clicking now? But also, having rewatched the game, you can see that we haven't done enough repetition of plays. And Charlie Staines does a lot of good things. He does a few bad things too. Like, he's just not there positionally, not just in attack, uh, not in defence only, but in attack. Like, a couple of backline sweeps, he was like a metre or two behind where he should have been. That just comes with practice and timing and, and what have you. But, yeah, the fact that he said we simplified our game, I think it's rubbish. I think I think we were more expansive in the second half and we played West Tigers footy. And to give them credit, I think it was the footy that we promised that we were going to get. Uh, and I saw that from the 50th minute right down to the 80th minute. I just, I just saw the boys had a red-hot crack again. But there's something going on in those first halves, guys. We can't, we can't be down two tries every week. You know, so we, we've, we've got to get better. As anything to add to that? No, not really. Um, <clears throat> obviously, being there at the game live and having not done a rewatch yet, I didn't actually notice um, <clears throat> that Brooksy didn't touch the ball all that much in the first few sets. So that's actually pretty interesting to me. Mm. Um, obviously, a lot of the attack came from Appy and Adam, but it seems like we don't have a problem getting into the into the the red zone because you're going we're going to get to the stats a little bit later um but there are a lot of stats there where like meters in particular where we came out on top so we've got no issues getting there it's just what we're doing with the ball once we're there and the fact I'm... that we were able to put a lot of those plays on in the second half but not the first half is baffling Rob, one thing, talking about Brooksy not touching the ball, one thing I found baffling in the first half was the front rowers, this whole front rowers playing first receiver thing. It kind of reminded me of playing junior footy because, you know, when you play seven, I think it's sevens to twelves, you have to have two passes. Uh, otherwise, it's a handover. Yeah, it, it reminded me of that. Literally a front rower get the ball and then like hand it off to a front rower it just and it just it did nothing by the time the second second the second front rower got the ball they got smashed because the line had just moved up anyway as opposed to just like the the dummy half handing it off and then running off the back fence i just found it did did you notice that i I, look to be fair I, i found even in the first half even though we were losing i thought our forward smashed them we were making ground easily. They missed a lot of tackles. I thought they really missed Junior Paulo, Junior Paolo, however he, however he pronounces it these days. Um, but I thought we killed him in the forwards, Josh. I just feel like if the if the halfback doesn't touch the ball two or three times a set, he probably doesn't have a feel for the game. Even though, you know what I'm trying to say? It's kind of like mm. you're, you're coming on as an NFL punter. 
You know, yeah. he's just coming on in the red zone. I mean, you just look at those plays. He really doesn't get his mitts on the ball much at all. He, like, even those plays I'm talking about from our end, he's either a dummy half, uh, you know, when Appy's, like, having a little bit of a breather. Uh, and the same with Adam. Adam didn't get involved much either, to be fair. It's just like it's just a design thing. But, like, if opposition teams know that, you know, we can't just say, all right, we're down by 16 points. Let's pull a rabbit out of our hat. Mm. You know, we, we've we've got a – and you can even see it in, in the players' reactions. Like, when – when we got to 22-10, there wasn't much, you know, jumping and high-fiving and what have you. But suddenly when NATO scores and we get to 14 before the conversion's kicked, there's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, you know, spring in the step. And then obviously mm. when when we score in the corner to get to 22-20, they're just going gangbusters. So you can tell they're down on confidence. We, we just need to get off to better starts. And it's easy to say we win the second halves, but... You know, you could also be a Parramatta fan and say, well, maybe they switched off a bit or did this or did that. You look at Parramatta's game, they got three tries off grubber kicks and they got one one try from being in our red zone in the second half. And like I say, we pretty much defended okay, just we couldn't defend three kicks. But I think they were in our red zone six times and got five tries. So that's why I come back to these stats where everyone's saying, oh, you know, we've got the most red line, play the balls, red zone, play the balls, whatever the case may be. Well, if we scored like Parramatta scored, we wouldn't. You know, we, we, we don't we'd be spending that much time in that red zone. So I think stats can be used, you know, how you want. But look, the guys are, are having a go, but it's just, it's almost like a tease. It's like everyone's mm. going to expect this next week or next game against Manly. And, and hopefully we, we do get that, but we're losing, you know, I'd say our best center and definitely our best half. And they're not there. And, then you've got an, another another spine combination, which will be what number five for the year or number six. Wow. So it's you know like Cooper Cronk always says, all these backline plays and block plays and what have you, Josh. They need repetition. They need mm. practice and practice and practice. And you know we we can't expect them to just gel straight away if there's new new people in those new positions. But it was it was actually just good to see Brooks throw a couple of long balls yesterday because he he normally throws those crash balls and. It just gets so boring and so repetitive, but he picked some good moments to run yesterday in the second half. But his first first half was just pretty like it wasn't that bad. It was just he was non-existent. Uh good comment from GD Tiger here. Our forwards were taking up too much in the wrong moments. Towards the end, they burnt four plays when we were chasing points. Yeah, the final two minutes, I think we did like three or four just simple hit-ups when we would literally needed were desperate. We needed to score that set, and it was just there were no offloads. It was just it was just baffling. So they should have been throwing the ball around. Well, you watch the better teams, yeah, sure. Josh, and they're and they're throwing three or four tackles of those six. You know, they're throwing some shape or yeah. some attacking form. Where for, with us, it seems to be like maybe two shots out of six. So we, we've just got to get better at that. But again, that comes down to confidence management. What we're trying to do. Uh, but honestly, re-watching the game, it felt like I was on a treadmill, Josh, watching Appy mm. Coruscant. I, I just can't explain how good he was. I mean, yeah. I know I know there's no points that come directly from specific plays, uh, but he was just incredible. He, he yeah, he's just going to be burnt out. Drawing penalties too. Just everything he mm. did, mate. He was just in everything. It was so good. Yeah, yeah, Robbie Ferrer. Esque. Uh, a few stats here, 57% possession for us, um, an extra eight minutes of possession, 30 minutes to 22 minutes. Completion rates, uh, the Eels were 30 or 38. 
33 of 43 uh, as, yeah, 76%. Yeah, just not not great. But I, I, I don't know if, what the splits of that would be first half to second half. I feel like the second half they held the ball. They ended up scoring as well, obviously. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they've they got to hold the ball a little bit better than that. The error count, what's the error count? Uh, see if I can find it. I think we actually got, got him on errors. Um, what are your thoughts, Has? Yeah, it was one of those things. We um, it we made less errors than we have in other games, but and that is a much better completion rate than we've had in a few of our other games. But you're still not going to win too many games making ten errors a game because you're just handing over too much ball to the other team. It doesn't look like we should have had that much possession, considering we we um, didn't complete ten sets out of forty three. Um, so it, it's just yeah, it's one of those things where if we if we hold the ball lot, if we hold onto the ball in a lot more of those situations where we lose it, then where we look a lot better on the scoreboard. I think one of the most frustrating ones for me was the one in the first half after we opted to not take the penalty goal. And we went on the attack. We had, what was it, three or four sets on their line in a row. And it all comes crashing down. And Parramatta end up scoring the other end of the field mm. because I forget who it was, but um, got halfway over the... One of the boys got Maiden. halfway over the line and um, ended up throwing slash kicking it out over yeah, the dead ball it was line. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a few other stats. So run meters, we had an extra... Quick math in my head: about five hundred, almost five hundred extra. Nineteen sixty-three to fourteen ninety-one. Post-contact meters, an extra hundred and thirty-eight meters. The forwards definitely did their job. The forwards are pretty good in this one. Line breaks six to four. Tackle breaks thirty-nine to seventeen. Rob, just yeah, you've mentioned this already, but statistically, if you looked, if you didn't know the scoreboard, you'd think we actually won this. Oh, you, you wait till you get to the individual stats, Josh. When we go through the players, I've got some of them written down. But mm. uh, when even though he was named at centre, c- considering Toa was on the wing, you look at our back three, they got like 650 to 700 metres between the three of them. And I didn't even consider that Toa ran for over 200 metres, but he did. Um, and Junior Tupu, as we've said, was enormous. Staines, Staines I don't think, is the future at fullback, but God, he had a great game at fullback yesterday. Like he played so well, I, I just think there's there's a couple of instinctive things that you know whether it just means he's got to get used to it or whatever. There's just he just doesn't. I know he's played junior fullback. He just doesn't come across as a fullback to me. But he played great yesterday, so I'm not knocking him. Mm. But I I just think you know well we're meant to have coaches that it can that can develop players. So based on what Charlie Sainz did yesterday, if we can develop what you know work on what he did yesterday and make him even better then he could certainly secure that spot. But there's just little moments where, you know, like if you looked at a Gutho or, or you know, other fullbacks in the comp, like, for example, I don't know if you remember when Brooksy put a nice grubber kick into the in goal that forced the dropout, okay, when we kind of – we we shifted it left, Adam kicked it back to Brooksy, and then Brooksy put an, a, a grubber kick through and we ended up getting a dropout. If Naden had just been, like, calling for the ball and pushed up and just, like, pointed, if Brooks kicks, kicks it shorter – Sainz has got to try next to the post, but instead it went halfway between the, the right-hand goalpost and the right-hand corner post. And I and I just think, like, if if Sainz was a bit more confident and, and kind of knew his role a bit more, 
I think Brooksy would have put that ball right where he wanted to, but he was mm. kind of waiting and holding back and little things like that. Like I said, with a couple of backline sweeps, you know, Charlie Staines was, was a little bit further back than he should have been. But then in the second half, he was nailing where he needed to be and his speed was really like hurting Parramatta. Like just his speed alone was making those block plays really good. So look, I just hope he can continue it. I don't think he's the long-term solution to fullback. But if he played like that every week, you, you wouldn't say no to him. Shouts to the guys sitting in front of us as who kept literally every time Staines had hit up the ball, he'd yell out, <laughs> Love, like, go Staines, like Staines, you're hot. Oh, but, um, that guy, that guy yeah. was a fucking legend. <laughs> he was an absolute he was superstar. And it was great. A few a few of um, Charlie's best plays were ones that he, he might have missed because he was not there or... Um, he just forgot to cheer out. But, I mean, we definitely got our money's worth in entertainment value from him. Mm. Uh, Lance had to bring up on YouTube, I think it was Bloor threw the ball out forward trying to offload. Yeah, not a good one from Sean there. That uh, It was almost an NFL pass. It was that forward. But um... I've got a uh, – just on stats and errors, I've got a question or an incompletions really. I've got a question that someone may be able to answer for me. Uh, when we get those – or when we force those dropouts, but Parramatta get the ball back from it, I'm not saying the Charlie one because I know that's definitely an error. Mm. But if we like bat the ball back like we did a few times and Parramatta get possession back, does that count as an error or an incompletion? I no. don't think it would count as an error because... Um, it's not backwards, Aaron. Yeah. It's not backwards. It if backwards. it was not forward, it would be, but... It count no, as an interception? It wouldn't count as... No, it's not... not look, again, That's that mm. was... I know the one you're talking about. That was when I think Naden batted it back and started. It was two of them. Two, yeah. two or three metres behind, and he was just, like, staring yeah. at the ball. Like, it was just no desperation. So, yeah, I know the one you're talking about, but no, that wouldn't count as an error. Mm. Okay. What about, what about would that go in the incompletions, though? No, because it's not our ball. We've never... It's not a it's set, a, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's yeah. a restart. So, from a, from a restart, no one has possession. Like, from a goal line dropout or a kickoff, who's got the ball? No one. It's just a kickoff or a yep. goal line dropout. Uh, Defensive-wise, over 90% for us. Only 17 missed tackles to para 39. Our defense, like you said earlier, Rob, the tries were coming off kicks. I think our, our de- defense looked pretty – I mean, our left edge in the first half, para were exposing it a little bit. but Yeah, Kapoa's only down for one missed tackle, but he's got this habit of – just charging out of the line and leaving holes. And, and mm. you know, a couple of times Parramatta put passes down w- that were from Kapoa charging up. And then in the second half, he's a new centre. So, like, people would look at Kapoa yesterday and say, wow, he had a good game. But his first half was rubbish. His first half was absolute rubbish. But his second half was brilliant. So <laughs> how, do you, how do you describe that? Like, it can't be preparation. It just... But he did the same thing against Melbourne. He was flying out of the line, leaving holes, and they were making 30, 40 metres a shift. So, I don't know, the, the coaching staff can worry about that. But, I mean, he he's he's doing some good things, but he's also doing some bad things. Uh, we'll get to – yeah, we'll go player by player when we go to the ratings. We'll get to lower grades. But first, a shout-out to uh, our partners, Mobile Corp. So, shouts to Stephen from Mobile Corp. They can assist with anything IT-related, and in the early days of their business, they were known as uh, MLC Phones, who were sponsors of 
the Balmain Tigers in 1994. And they say there's a saying in IT, there are only two types of companies, those who have been hacked and those who will be hacked. So what can business owners do to protect themselves from cyber attack? Uh, Mobile Corp is a family-run tech company that supports West Tigers and was even the jersey sponsor back in 2007. Mobile Corp is passionate about helping protect businesses from cyber threats for an affordable cyber security solution. Head to mobilecorp.com.au and shouts to friend of the show and MLC phones wearing jersey uh, player Shane Walker. Uh, New South Wales Cup, as you and I, we watched the second half of this. We got into a core stadium in time to catch, yeah, that second half heartbreak for the Magpies. They should have won this. It was 10-6 in the end, but uh, I can't remember who it was. But Tristan uh, Riley. was Tristan Riley. Literally over the line, all he had to do was fall to the ground and drops the ball. Um as he goes around it, they would have would have been ten all a kick a kick to take the lead. So, as uh, anything stand out for you in the New South Wales Cup? Well, we weren't there for the first half, but I w- we were talking to Brocker, who was sitting with us, and he mentioned that we barely had any ball in the first half, and we defended spectacularly. As you can see, we conceded a try in the eighth minute. Um, but other than that, the they apparently defended really well um, with like something like eight sets on their line almost in quick succession. So um, that's a big takeaway for me um, considering what happened in rounds three and four where we got cricket scores put on us. So it was good to see that. Um, the The team didn't give in. They didn't give up. Um, I absolutely loved Rua's try. He's he's going to be down for one of those almost every game he plays, pretty much. So, yeah, he loves a loves a scoot from dummy half. Uh, so the table in New South Wales Cup, so it's it's a pretty uh, big one to lose too. So they're now they're tied six. If they had a one, they would have been up in the top four. So on eight points. So, um, yeah, pretty crucial one to let go there, and obviously. Yeah, they're in the top eight at the moment, so they're our only hope to make the finals this year. Uh, Jersey flag, the Parramatta Eels got over the West Tigers 34-18 at Lidcombe on Good Friday. And in the table there, they're currently eighth in Jersey flag. So on six points, uh, my eyes trying to see my own graphics it's a little bit too small but yeah they're in the top eight yeah eels what are they coming to fifth so hopefully the jersey flag side can turn it around uh in the harvey norman the girls they had a win 28-6 over wenty i believe that was the second last game of the season as and i think yep, mathematically mathematically i don't think they can make the finals though from what i could tell uh, yeah, I don't believe so. Mm. So one more game for the girls. Uh, but we've got W, as we said at the top of the show, uh, NRLW coming later. We're not, we're not too far away. So um, a lot of those girls in action there. Righto, time for player ratings. Shout out to literally the hundreds. I think we had 100, 110 or something people fill it in this week. So we really appreciate everyone taking part in this. It, um, We've got 
our best commenters in that form as well. So if you missed out this week, keep an eye on our socials, our Facebook and Twitter. As I put out the link for the Google Sheet where you can rate each player between 1 and 10, and these are the averages for them. And it is a bye week, so I will actually go back and calculate uh, which player is actually leading this. So uh, I will do the math soon enough. Uh, let's start with Charlie Staines. So, Rob, the Forbes Ferrari, what would you rate him? Uh, look, I'll, I'll give him a seven. I thought he had a really good game. Uh, those criticisms that I've mentioned earlier, that's just being hypercritical, you know, of what we want from our fullback. But, you know, all things considered, he runs the ball at 100 miles an hour, um, made a couple of good tackles, made one on Moses in the first half from a long break that, that stood out. Uh, Chimed into the back line really well in the second half. Obviously, look, all our all our best players had a clanger, unfortunately. And obviously that one from the goal line dropout was just Charlie not exactly knowing where the sideline was. And we all know, we've seen him in person, Josh, how safe he is under the high ball. So mm. it's it's just going to be one. He'll drop one ball a year and that'll be it. And that's the one that costs us a game. And that's that's kind of how the West Tigers have run for a while now. So well, yeah, cost us a chance of the game, yeah. Yeah, it cost us a chance of the game, but, you know, a great game by Charlie. He did very well. As? Yeah, it was definitely looking hot out there, wasn't he? <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Shout out yeah, to our drunk mate. I'd give him a seven as well. That, yeah, an absolute clanger to drop that one. You could see how crushed he was. Um, I remember seeing on Twitter Lockie's mum when she posted his, uh, his game vlog that he wanted, that he wished... Um, that, well, he hoped that Charlie yeah. was yeah he hoped that Charlie was doing okay because um yeah he looked absolutely devastated after the game with everything and I don't blame him obviously it's it's not the way you want to end the game especially considering we had gotten so close back into it like at that point we were still only two behind because we had only missed the conversion but yeah solid performance overall like Rob said I'm I'd give him a seven yeah seven point three is what the people voted him so he was third highest across the team, which shows you I was actually quite proud that um yeah, that the fans voting in this didn't didn't hammer him just because of yeah, literally one play, albeit a pretty pretty important one. So uh good on you. Charlie, uh let us know in the comments too guys as we're going along. If you're watching live, let us know what you rate these guys uh one to ten. Uh Asu Kepa Owa as I'll let you go first. Yeah, I gave AJ an eight. I was I was really reluctant or I was really hesitant to see or really nervous about how he'd go as a winger considering he's played second row and um, center and now he's been moved even further out to the wing. But I was really impressed. He he was all effort, all heart. Yeah, eight. Rob? Yeah, look, I, I gave him a six. Don't forget, Aaron, he played, even though he had the winger's number on his back, he played center yesterday just just in case that's mm. escaped your attention. But, um, yeah, yeah, look, has, I, yeah. He, his first half his first half was poor. Um, his second half was great. So, as you jokingly said on Twitter, Josh, what do you, what do, you do? Do you do you give someone a, a 10 for a second half and a, a two and come up with something in the middle? So, yeah. look, I, gave him a, I gave him a six, but, like, his, his effort, I can't fault. I just think he makes some really poor reads in defence, uh, which he did, you know, in the first half against Melbourne, and he did it again yesterday. But obviously, like, he's a work in progress. And to be fair, guys, 
as Aaron said, he's played, he has played wing, he has played centre, he has played right edge, he has played right wing in trial. Like he's just been everywhere. So he's he hasn't really settled down into one position. And, and I dare say he'll be, moved, he'll be moved around again, depending on other players, you know, getting injured in the future. So look, overall, he was pretty good. Might bring up this comment here. So Benjamin, he's offered to buy you a beer at the Leichhardt game, Rob. So he's going to sell. So he's just going to sell a kidney, so I can afford uh, like a Sydney like an oval trip. Uh, I'm assuming you're interstate, Ben. Yeah. Uh, we'd love to have a beer with you, Tiger's tragic like you. So uh, thanks, Ben. I'll I'll buy him one back, mate. Thank you. Good on you. Um, on to Brent Naden. Uh, Rob, what do you give Nado? Look, I, I gave him a six. He didn't really get involved too much. I mean, obviously, he scored that try. How, how lucky, how unlucky, should I say, that he injured himself just in the process of putting a simple ball down. You know, in, in his haste to get it down quickly, he does a tumble turn and, and, and lands on his shoulder. So, um, as Aaron said earlier in the show, I think he could have scored that try possibly when he flung the ball out mm. um, off, off a good backline move and, and then Parramatta go down the other end and score, which was disappointing. But... In general, his defence was good. Everything else was pretty sound, but not not a big game from NATO. Like, he wasn't involved too much, and let's hope he gets well, guys, because we need him on the field. He's our best centre, and, and I've definitely got a soft spot for him. Yeah, he's definitely become one of my favourites too. Uh, As? Yeah, seven for me for, for NATO. Uh, 6.5, so pretty, pretty close to the mark. There, Stafford Toa. As you said before, Rob, the two centres were playing on one side and the two named wingers were on the other. So, uh, shouts out to Shane, three and four on the on the, uh, on the same <laughs> same side of the field. Uh, Stafford Toa, as yeah, I'll give Stafford a six. Um, wasn't his best game, wasn't his worst game. He he did what he needed to do. Uh, Rob, yeah, it's funny how the how the stats deceive you. Like just looking at the game, I would have given him. A four or a five. When I found out that he'd run 182 meters, I thought, "Wow, he did a lot more than I thought." But I, I just thought tactically, it was a bit of a poor decision to have him marking Sevo. Like, yeah, I couldn't believe that. It just, and I, I actually thought that Capoa was named on the wing for that reason when we did the preview. Mm. And I, I kind of didn't mind that because, like, he would have handled him. But you know, Sevo carried him over the line, you know, once, you know, for one of the tries. So. I think he was, you know, up against it from the start. But look, all in all, uh, solid performance. And it'll be interesting to see if he does retain the wing spot or if he gets moved into the centres now. Yeah, I couldn't believe. they. I feel like they didn't go to Sevo enough for that matchup. The, exactly. The two, exactly. The fact he only scored two tries for that matchup uh, was pretty surprising. Uh, 5.8 for Stafford. Uh, Junior Tupo, Rob. Wow. Just... What a game. Uh, 221 metres. Had one clanger with the flick pass, but literally yeah. that was that was the only thing he did wrong. That's, that's absolutely... I mean, look, they did get a try off it, so it, it was important. Um, Parramatta did score after he did, threw that flick pass. But what a, what a breakout game. What an absolute beast. Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to Watto Tiger on, on our Discord, who has been looking at my notes somehow, and I don't know how. But I think we're all in agreement that the first thing the West Tigers should have been doing today is working out an extension for him because we've got him till the end of next year. But anyone who watched that game yesterday is going to be chasing him. We've got a million bucks to spend in the cap. Let's front-end him, upgrade him, and get him signed up and give this club 
and supporters a bit of hope because mm. he needs to be he needs to be I know he's got another year and a half left, but guys, just let's you know, snap him up now. Let's let's not wait for Pasco to do something stupid and you know, try and sign Robert Jennings or George Jennings in his place or something. <laughs> a year and, and a half that means of the price for twenty percent of the price. A year and a half isn't that much. That means come November he starts negotiating his next deal. So let's let's show guys yeah. that have that have that have earned it or that are doing it. Like we said he should have been there at the start of the year. And and this is what's disappointing, Josh. We said we said Wakeham and Dewey should have been in the halves. We 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 mentioned Dane Laurie's poor under the high ball. And even though we put Tristan Riley over yesterday who dropped the ball, by all reports Jordan Rankin ran him down. So I don't know what's going on with Dane Laurie's pace there, but we mentioned a few things and then we pretty much kind of got what we wanted yesterday and we should have won the game. So I think it's up to the coach to pick the right team too and, and you know, give us a better chance of winning. Uh, as anything to add with Junior and what's your score? Um, I gave Junior an eight. It it was a really unfortunate and probably silly mistake, the one where he um, flicked past the ball to a para player after making a break. I think we still had, what, three, maybe four tackles left at that point. So it was one of those ones where he didn't need to throw it away. Gets the quick if he gets the if he goes down and gets the quick play of the ball, then Parramatta are shot for numbers on the other side of the field, just like they were when Naden scored. So we would have potentially had another try there. But yeah, overall fantastic game from him. So eight for me. Uh eight point three for Junior. Yeah, I wonder if without that flick pass probably would have been a nine. So yeah, he was our highest ranked player in this match. Uh Adam Dewey slash Dewey as yeah, like we said before, I'm absolutely devastated for AD. Um, I gave him a seven. His first half, he wasn't that good, but second half, and I'll say the same with Brooksy, um, they both had much better second halves, So, and I was really impressed with um, some of the plays that he was putting on. Um, the spreading the ball between him and Brooksy to both sides of the field was much, much better in the second half as well. Um, it was the first time in this season where we were able to spread the ball and um, do the opposition in for numbers on either side of the field. So, yeah, seven for AD. Uh, Rob? Yeah, the um, the AD Levo bias will come in here. I gave him an eight. <laughs> I gave him an eight. I mean, he had a good line break in the first half. Um, his defense was outstanding. His passing game was good. Some of the runs he made in the second half were great. Uh, picked up the ball off his toes and forced the line drop out in the first half put another bomb up that had Guffo pushed in the in goal for another line drop out in the second half, put two ordinary kicks up that Parramatta screwed up and we got repeat sets from those. Uh, did a little chip over the top up, up the sideline and got the ball back somehow on the last tackle. He, he tried his ass off, guys. Um, disappointed he missed the conversion at uh, 22-10, which, you know, in, in hindsight, you know, definitely would have helped us. But can't fault what he did. And it was only his third game at 5-8 and he's had two cracking games at 5-8. But for some stupid reason, you know, he, he played fullback for three games. Even though Tim Sheen said during the week that we only have two fullbacks at the club, Laurie and Sane. So go work that one out. Mm, yeah, yella. Adam, uh, 6.5 for Adam. I think that's a bit low, a uh, bit unders there. But uh, Luke Brooks, look, I think this is unders too. Thoughts on Brooksy, Rob? I gave, I gave Brooksy a six. Um, 
didn't do much wrong in the first half, as I said, just didn't get involved. I mean, mm. if, you, if you're looking for errors, he literally did a, a bat on on halftime that was ruled forward and just didn't really get involved. He, he, he You know, we want a halfback that just gets a grip on the game and whether that's how our attack is designed or whatever, I don't, I don't know. But it was a really poor first half. And then, honestly, the second half, not just for the fact that he put on some great plays, he just wanted it. He just wanted to win. Like he was, it was basically like someone put a gun to his head at halftime or someone insulted him or someone did something. But that's the sort of halfback I want in the second half. But I want it all game. I want that hunger when we're nil all or, you know, not when we're down 22-6. Um, that pass he put out to Kapoa was just, it was like, where the fuck has that been for 10 years? Seriously. Mm. Um, like that was outstanding. And then he started running a bit more, but just his passion and, and will to win yesterday, you know, we've kicked him in the guts personally. Like, I, don't, I didn't even want him in first grade, but, you know, I'll just call it as it is. He had a great second half. So I gave him a six. Uh, as Brooksy? Um, I gave Brooksy a seven. I was really impressed with um, involvement, particularly in the second half. Uh, like Rob said, not too, not too much he did wrong. Um, but the one thing that impressed me the most was his defense as well. He put on a few really, really good one-on-one tackles. Um, and he was he was definitely like coming good towards the end of the game as well. Um, disappointed that he didn't take that uh, that sideline conversion when we were two points behind because that could have changed the entire mm. complexion of that last six or so minutes. But yeah, really, really, really solid performance from Brooksy. So seven. Yeah, I mean he could have missed it too. I don't think neither, but <laughs> maybe not as bad as Appy shanked it. it looked like you, my my you, golf um, swing that kick. If you reckon it's unders, though, Josh, what would you have given him? Um, seven. What did you give him? He, he got six point one. I think seven. I reckon. I reckon he deserves a seven in that one. Okay, I think. Cool. Like the forced that forced dropout, the kick. Uh, it's the corner in the second half. The I thought, yeah, as it was, it was a game of two halves for him. Uh, that might be coaching too, because the whole team was it because they're behind. Is there something? Sheenzy was going on as we played in the presser before about the second half. Is is there something strategically he's doing in the second half that's different? I mean, surely if he says that he's noticing it, he does he know what he's what they're doing different because it's working? Like, can they do that in the first half? Are they saving themselves? Are they trying to grind out the first half? Josh, having rewatched the game, we, we I actually think we were much simpler in the first half. Our forwards were making so much meterage that it was almost like we felt no need to put on any shapes or any mm. backline plays. Now, if you look at the second half, we made breaks from 35 out from our own line. We were running backline sweeps from 40 out from our own line. We weren't doing that in the first half. We were throwing more at Parramatta. And then even though we wouldn't score off some of those plays, we were making 20, 30, 40 metres, and then we'd do something on the following play. We're not doing that in the first half. And that, and I, I know in the first couple of games of the year, we just went side to side stupidly, but we were going like side to side in the second half yesterday with purpose and with structure and with a bit of shape. So that sort of play is fine. But just to just throw it willy-nilly sideways, no, we don't want to see that. But we were way too conservative in the first half. It's it's not enough. We, we've got to go out there and win it for 80 minutes. Like, if we're going to give players 7 out of 10 and 8 out of 10, we're doing it on the second half, Josh. I'm doing it on the whole game. 
you know, and I'm, I'm counting the first 40 minutes as well as the second 40 minutes. If I'm, if I'm giving Brooks a rating out of 10 for the second half, I'll probably give him an eight, you know, but I've got to look at the first half as well. That, that's what we're trying to do. Uh, moving on to the forwards, Stefano. Uh, I can't remember whose goal it is. As? Yeah, Stefano wasn't one of his better games. I'd say probably if I could give half points, I'd say six and a half, but... Um... Yeah, I'll, I'll go six for Stefano. Roberto? Yeah, I'll, I don't want to disagree too much with Aaron, but uh, I'm going to give him a seven, but I think it's his best game of the year. So, <laughs> so, so we've watched two different games. He's made over 100 metres. He it's different on TV. It is different yeah, on TV. To be fair, I haven't rewatched. Hmm. No, no, but even even not rewatching it, he never missed a tackle, guys. He, like Some of the games I've watched him in, he, he, he looks like he should have come off the field five minutes before he actually eventually comes off. Like, he looks fatigued. He didn't look like that yesterday. He looked like beast mode Steph, and then he, he made one run in that second half late in the game. You probably all remember it. He mm. was just carrying blokes on his back. Yeah. Around, but he had to call held. Yeah, he was know? still moving forward. I don't know why he, he called He was still held. moving forward. I, yeah, exactly. I don't yeah. know why the ref called held. But, no, I, I thought, look, it wasn't like a wow game where he scored a try or looked like he was going to score a try. But he didn't miss a tackle, guys. And, and one of his weaknesses is his lateral movement in our line. And, he was just doing his job. He was all over it. So I, I can't knock him. I, I, I thought it was really good. Mm. And I'll keep putting money on him. Uh, if he's still 15 to one to score a try, it'll come, it'll come again. I'll keep chasing that uh, next game. 6.0 for Steph by the people. Uh, Captain Appy Coruscant, Rob. Uh, look, I gave him a nine guys and, I gave him a nine before re-watching the game. And if he let Brooksy take the conversion attempt, I would have given him a 10. That's just that's just the best game from a hooker where he hasn't directly contributed to points being scored. Um, like I said, I got tired watching him. He's so good. Straightened up our attack on his own. I don't remember any hooker ever on his own straightening up attack. He'd literally run sideways, show one way, show another way, dummy, look straight and then suddenly he'd give the ball out and he literally would rope two or three guys near him and and he got everything going. All our shape got going because of Appy. Um always has a couple of missed tackles, which is no big deal, but he's playing like a captain, but just that decision for him to go for goal when Brooksy has always kicked when Adam's not there, that's that's something that look, I guess we've got to blame Appy because he said he's the one that wanted to take the kick. But guys if the coaches have got structures in place, you've got to have who your next person is when someone goes down to kick. And, and it should have been Brooksy taking that kick. Uh, as you said, there's no guarantee he makes the kick, Josh. But if he does make that kick, it changes everything. And even mm. when Brooksy even when Brooksy nails a penalty goal, if he'd have kicked that conversion, we're not going for penalty goal. We're going yeah, for six true. points. We're going for six points and we're going for golden points. So mm. again, I, I really want to tell the coaches, you fucking idiots. You know, sort what goes on when someone comes off injured. Like, we obviously have a plan where we know that if we're down by eight points with two or three minutes to go, we'll take the goal kick to get it within range, which is a smart decision. I applaud that. But get the right bloke to kick the goal. Seriously, that's just, you know, and if Appy's just taken it upon himself, then Appy needs to be wrapped over the knuckles and say, mate, you played your ass off, but you've cost us a game by trying to be a hero. Brooksy should have taken that kick. Don't ever fucking do it again. But as we know, they claim that when I think when we played was at Newcastle, 
when we declined the two points when someone got sent off and it would have brought us to within six points. Mm. I mean, that's the sort of thing where the coaches reckon that they said go for the goal and Appy Coruscant decided to take the tap because they were down to 12 men. And then we relied on Brooksy to try and kick a 40-plus metre two-point field goal on full time instead mm. of taking the two points from right in front that would have got us golden point. So these are things that just have to be – there has to be some – proper communication between the coaches and Appy Coruscant because it's not it's not good enough. You knew before he was going to kick it that he was going to miss it. He couldn't even get the the hoarding or whatever it was out of the way properly. You know, it's just he, he looked like he hadn't taken a kick for ages and he's trying to say after the game that he'd been practicing all week, which, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just thought it was a really bad decision for him to go, go for goal. And even the conspiracy theorist in me, Josh, starts to think, Maybe he took the kick because if Brooksy had taken the kick and missed it, that our fan base would have put shit on him. Like, yeah, I just, maybe. We're, we're, that, we're that protective of Brooksy now that, you know, heaven forbid if he misses a kick, you know, for which is going to be in our best interest, that everyone will jump on his back. Like, Brooks had to take that kick, guys. It was just, it was mm. just a dumb decision all around. Oh, especially when he nailed, yeah, as you said, he nailed that penalty goal. So, <laughs> yeah, um, and he did it in record time. He like literally put yeah. the ball down, went back, and went smash. It just it didn't move. It was just like a mm. dart. Went straight over the black dot. Like your golf swing, Roberto. Like, like my ex-golf swing. <laughs> was was Appy asked about that or that taking the kick in the in the press conference? No, uh, he was, he was no, asked he about wasn't. it post-game, uh, Aaron. He was asked about it post-game by Lara Pitt and and the the, the panel. I think they had um, Cooper Cronk, Michael Ennis, and. I don't know who the third guy was. Might have been Alexander. I'm not sure. But he said, no, that was on me. He goes, I've been practicing all week, uh, you know, and uh, I've been nailing him all week and I decided to take the kick for goal. But, well, if you decide to take the kick for goal, why didn't you take the penalty goal? Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I just I just don't believe anything anyone says anymore. <laughs> I just, I just I'm, I'm just really bad when it comes to our club with that sort of stuff because I just it just looks so bad. Uh, 8.0. For Appy, after all that, I'll, um, uh, I'll I'll give him a nine as well. By the way, I didn't I didn't yeah. mention that, but yeah, oh, sorry, he, he was absolutely fantastic. So my first nine of the season for Appy. Yeah, um, I think eight's actually unders. Yeah, mostly everything. And just one thing back on Brooksy as well. I forgot to mention this before, but one thing I really enjoyed was seeing how the boys got around him when he set up mm. that try for Junior that got us to two points back. Yeah. Um, the way the team got around him, um, like congratulated him for. Like normally you see that for mostly just for the player who scored it, but for Brooksy being the player who set that up, obviously he's been much maligned in the press and everything. It was really, really great to see the team get around him the way they did. Yeah, and I, I don't, I'm not one. I, I don't like people death riding him and wanting him to play himself out of the team. Like honestly, he hasn't played well this year. We've been um, critical of him. We've been called Brooks haters this year, even though we've been called Brooks apologists in previous years, but um, yeah, I, I want him, I'd love for him to flick a switch and come good, but yeah, he, um, he played well. So on to David Clemmer as in his 200th yeah. game. I obviously, I haven't rewatched, so I'm not 100% sure with a lot of these forwards um, until we get to the bench, guys, what I'm going to give them. But Clem, I'm probably going to give him a seven. I did see some solid involvement from him. 
Um, but yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure about what else he what else he did. Rob will probably be able to mention more about his game. Uh, he had 176 meters, Aaron. He only did 19 tackles. Uh, he didn't miss any. He's been one of our best all year. He he's such a good foil for Steph. Uh, and I think, you know, Steph can really develop his game, you know, having a senior prop in the club like that. I, I just love what Clem brings to the club. It's a shame we, we didn't get a win for him. But, you know, like, it's just, I don't know. I'm just kind of sick of consolation prizes, guys. We, we look at all these stats and you can't complain about much of the players. But as a team, we just don't seem to get it done. And, and to be brutally honest, Parramatta were fucking shit. They were absolutely shit, except for those Moses Grubber kicks. They, they should have been beaten up. And, you know, if we played them again on that same form, we should win by 20 points. They had absolutely nothing. We dominated and we just, we just you know, couldn't, you know, put the, the knife into the heart and just finish them off. Uh, 7.0 for Clem. So, yeah, maybe a little bit of unders. What there, would you give him there? Uh, Rob, did you, did you mention a score? Yeah, 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 I'll give him a 7 as well. Uh, okay, 7.0. So... Bang on what you boys gave him there, oh. Isaiah. Sorry, guys. I just got the I just got the game on in the background. I'm just watching that Brooksy Grubber <laughs> kick. Brooksy Grubber kick. If only Staines had just fucking pointed and said, "Man, put it there." Anyway, sorry, guys. <laughs> Keep going. The anguish all over again, eh? Fuck me, Isaiah. Isaiah Papali E. Uh, Rob. Uh look. I'm going to give him a six, but he, his meterage was there. He was running with a little bit more vigor, but we don't seem to be able to get the Isaiah Papali'i that, you know, we got from Parramatta. So, I mean, he's trying. I mean, gosh, he even put that grubber kick that nearly came off in the second half. So he's having a go, but he, he just hasn't fit into our team or we haven't we, – we just haven't gelled with him yet. Uh, so hopefully he'll he'll get better as you know as Brooksy gets better I think Papali you'll get better hopefully but then then again I'd actually consider switching some things around but we'll get onto that shortly. Uh, as yeah I'll give um, Isaiah a six as well I think yeah six point one the people are saying there yeah I think he'll come good I think he'll yeah he'll as Rob said. He'll gel, start to gel the team. And yeah, he's not doing anything wrong. He's just not doing anything standing out like he did for Parry yet. So I think that'll come. Uh, Johnny Bateman, my man who has stood out since he arrived. Uh, as what, what's your score for our Englishman? Are you just talking about how pasty and white he is? Is that what you're saying? Is that your definition of standing out? <laughs> he does. No. He did. Certainly, stand out. Yeah, not not much sunlight to reflect off his skin this week. I'll um I'll give him a seven. Um, he does seem to have a few kind of selfish plays in him, and they don't always come off. But um, when he when he has a good solid team uh, related play in him, he he's he's really good. So yeah, seven. Uh, Rob. Yeah, I'm going to make up my own number here tonight, Josh. I'm going to give him a seven point five. Okay, because it's just quite he, – he was better than a seven, but I just can't quite give him an eight. Look, what I love about what he brings, Josh, he's got that second phase in him. So whenever he hits the line, you know he's going to offload it if he feels like offloading it. Um, what I was going to say 
just a minute ago when we were talking about Papa Lee's, I'd love to clone Bateman and have three of him so that he could play lock, left edge and right edge. But I'm just thinking, imagine Bateman playing with Luke Brooks. I mean, I just think, you know, the ad lib that John Bateman's got in his game might actually suit Brooksy more because, you know, Brooksy can give it to Bateman and Bateman can just give him a bit of that second phase back and mm. Brooks, can, Brooks can use that speed. And I don't know, maybe maybe, maybe we should be getting Brooksy and Bateman on the same side of the field together. I don't know, but I'm just, just trying to think of ways to, to get Brooksy better because wherever you put Bateman, he's going to be successful. Because uh, he can he can be that ball playing locking and play right edge or left edge, but yeah, I'm just just wondering like the way Brooksy played that second half. If Bateman was on his left, you know that could have been a dynamite combination. Uh, Seven point oh for Johnny, uh, Fanua, Pole, Rob at the thirteen. Yeah, look, I- I'm just going to give him a five, not because he played bad, but just not enough involvement for me. So I haven't looked up his minutes. Uh, but yeah, he just did like he's do, not doing much wrong, but he's just not getting involved. So I gave him a five. Uh, as yeah, much the same as Rob. I can't remember seeing too much involvement from him. Um, and obviously, without doing the rewatch, I don't really have as much of an idea. So yeah, I, I kind of just went the, the middle ground five option there as well. I'm just pulling his minutes up now. Uh, 54 minutes, Rob. He yeah. Um, he had a 35-minute stint and then a 19-minute stint at the back end of the game. Yeah, well, he's, he's only made 17 tackles in those in that time that you've mentioned and 81 run metres. Yeah, so not a, not of a lot of involvement there from a 13, especially when you now really want that ball playing 13 there. So yeah. I, I really would like to see Bateman get a go there. I think he could make a solid crack at it. We saw from that try he scored a oh, he the try he set up against the Storm, it looks like he has a bit of ball-playing ability in him to draw draw in some defenders and mm. uh, put some doubt in, in the defenders. So I, I think 13 would be a, a solid shout for him. Yeah, and it was Bateman that assisted for NATO's try, I believe. It was a nice draw and pass. It was, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, for Nuala 5.9, the lowest, the only below six in the starting side. So... Uh, on to the bench, Jakey Simkin. So how many minutes did Jakey Simkin come on at the end there? I think it's about 12-ish as from memory. Uh, I will let you know it was nine. Nine, not even. So, um, look, not much you can say about nine minutes. So four, I'll say it already, 4.2 for Jakey. But in nine minutes, it's a bit. that's probably a bit harsh. But what else can you give him, Rob? I, I didn't give him a rating just for the simple reason he was only on there for you know just over ten minutes. So what can you give him? Point? He made one tackle and missed one tackle. Like there's just nothing to report about. He, he looked great in the celebration of the try. <laughs> like, like I don't know, he just wasn't out there long enough to judge him. What's the point of having him, Rob? He's only played nine minutes. Oh well, maybe he's there for Appy. I mean, Appy's had a calf injury preseason, yeah. so if Appy goes down, we need that position there, but. This is where someone like a Will Smith will come in handy because Will Smith can play, play in the three quarters. He can play half. He can play hooker. So in a perfect world, Will Smith would be the perfect 14. Uh, as? Yeah, you can't really rate a player on what they didn't get a chance to do. So I'd go just I'd just go a five. You can't really yeah. give a score based on 
nine minutes of game time. 4.2 for Jakey. Alex Twole as how many minutes did Twally play? Uh, Twally played 24. That's a uh, lot lower than normal. Hmm. That's um, got him down for 24 tackles. A tackle a minute for Twally. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. Did he, did he miss any? No, as usual. But um, well, I, I, gave, I gave him a four. I didn't really see much of Twally yesterday. So the fact that I – and even re-watching the game, I didn't notice him. So I'll, I'm just going to give him a four. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him a five as well. Yeah, 5.1 for Twally. Uh, Jonathan Gowie coming off the bench as – I'm going to give Joffre a seven. He showed us what we were missing um, with him being out for the last couple of weeks. So he was he was solid. He ran the ball hard. Um, really, really good uh, bench or use off the bench. He hmm. uh, his minutes were where are we? Thirty minutes. Hmm. Yeah, definitely noticed him. I think the five point the people gave him five point five, and I think that's unders. Rob, what do you reckon? Yeah, I gave him a six. I just think he stiffens up the pack, guys. He's he's just not going to yeah. make an error. There's, there's a lot of you know good stuff that you don't you know that don't go into stats. Like even his talk after we scored the try, you could see him talking to the boys, revving them up. So yeah, I, it's good to have him back. And you know he was he was our what star performer last year. I think he might have even got the players award. So yeah, uh, hopefully hopefully he can hold his spot, guys. Uh, and lastly, my guy. Sean Bellor. How many minutes did Sean play yesterday as? Uh, 54. 54. Uh, the people gave him 5.2. Yeah, not um, Yeah, not as many. How many offloads did he have, Rob? Do you have that stat? Yeah, I, I do. Feel like he, I feel uh, like he was, it was less than his normal self. He was... Yeah, he only had one. Yeah, he, he seemed... They they clamped down on him a bit more. Maybe they they kind of knew that about his game to stop that. But um, yeah, well, he's had three or four in previous weeks, so he's yeah. off like down. But look, it wasn't his best game, Josh. But the thing I liked about Bloor yesterday, he's he's trying to do what he's meant to do. He's trying to promote the ball. He you know he pushed the ball ten meters out from our own line. We obviously saw the forward pass. 10 metres out from our line, but he he, he kind of, he doesn't err on the side of caution. He, he's trying to play the style of footy that we're playing. Just the execution didn't come off yesterday, but, you know, we all love him. And, yeah, it wasn't his best game. I, I'm happy to say that. But, you know, he his errors were the right sort of errors. It was it was backing himself. It was trying to promote the footy. So, you know, you'd, you'd have to give him a four or a five. But, yeah, you know, he's, he's still our guy. Yeah. As? Yeah, I agree. He's he's still our guy, but I'm going to have to give him a four for this one. Other than the forward pass um, close to our own goal line, uh, the only really glaring error to me was the one where we actually finally put some really solid kick pressure on Moses when he got a kick away, um, and we end up get and he ends up ac- unfortunately but accidentally giving Para back the ball and they get a fresh set off it. So that was a that was a bit of a disappointing one. Um, so yeah. Four for four for glory, but yeah, definitely still our guy. Um, just back on twelve for a second because I'm always curious how close to one hundred percent his tackle efficiency is. Um, so so far in six games, he's missed three tackles and he's only missed one tackle per game at most, and he's made one hundred ninety nine. 
So his tackle efficiency for the season is 98.5%. He's, he's a machine on that end, that's I, for sure. I doubt there's a player that comes even close to that sort of tackle efficiency. Yeah, yeah. back back on Bloor, guys. We're not getting the best out of him. We, we, we need we need someone to shadow him. We need our halves, our fullbacks. Someone's just got to be backing him up. Um, you know, he, he's he's capable of offloading at will. So we've just got to get a little, little bit more, um, you know, f- with some support play for him. Uh, Shouts to his missus too, who voted, gave him a 10 in our ratings uh, for this week. <laughs> good good supported. Good on her. But what about good the support. game? Did she rate the game as well? <laughs> yeah. The, uh, look, he, he looked a 10 out of 10. In, or in does, or does Bloor only get... Um, or does Bloor get an extra vote on top of every other player just because his missus votes for him? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Aaron, can I ask you a favour? Just keep an eye out on NRL Physio in case he gives his verdict on Adam before the show ends. I'm just yeah, really I've, I've actually been point. doing that so far tonight. Um, nothing okay, as yet. Normally comes out pretty quickly with, with mm. a, a prognosis. Yeah, great follow, that guy. Uh, some of the best comments on our player poll. So Ben Morris, when we took the shackles off, we looked electric, players in motion everywhere. Brooksy not thinking, but playing what's in front of him. I quite 100%. like that one. 100%. Uh, Phil Rogers, much better performance, but we need to start playing before. We are a couple of scores down and chasing the game. Keep Charlie at one. He had a good game. Agree with that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Nicotra. Nicotra. Yeah, Nicotra. Uh, we attacked much better this week, but it's the nitty-gritty of defending that kills us. Last week, not wrapping up the offloads, and this week, not shutting Moses down sooner before he kicks. Uh, positives, though, we, we may have unlocked a beast in junior on the wing. Looked damaging. Yeah, the kick thing, I feel like we put a bit better pressure on Moses in the second half. I think they addressed that, but it's just too late. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Did we put enough kick pressure on him? But, I mean... What else can you ask, you know, like dummy half marking like Appy? What more can you ask him to do? Like he's he's running himself legless yeah. most of the time. But I, I think we could have put a bit more pressure on him, Josh, because he was, even those long kicks in the second half, Charlie was catching him basically, you know, 10 metres out and 10 metres in from the left-hand sideline every yeah. time. It was, like, it was like he was putting a, hitting a lob wedge every time in the same spot. Uh, Chris G, Chris G said two poo three. Uh, Appy 2, Stains 1. I like this because he literally picked exactly what everyone voted. Uh, especially mentioned Brooks, who I always bag, but had his best game so far. Tough loss. I also like this because, uh, yeah, even all Brooks haters had to admit that he played well in this one. Call it, call it for, for what it is. He had a really good game. So good on you, Brooksy. Uh, Tomo... Guys, we live for this. They get paid to do this. We suffer because we have no control on the outcome of this. But fuck me, I come back every week for this. So, <laughs> well, yeah, well, I promised I wasn't watching it, and you know, and then my mum goes, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm going to watch the game," and she goes, "Why?" And I go, "Like I can't." But I mean, the, the difference was, and this is what sucks, guys. The difference was, I sat down to watch this game expecting to lose, and normally on game day. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I'm psyching up the troops, I'm telling everyone we're going to have a good day, and I just sat there like, what's going to happen? And I'm just glad I got, you know, a little bit of joy. When we hit 20, I kind of went off like a firecracker, which was kind of nice because that was my second moment of the year after Charlie Stain scored against Canterbury. So, um, yeah, I just, I just like to be going into games with a bit more belief that we're going to win. But, you know, second half was really encouraging. 
shouts to Gussie. He's trying to get the likes up on the YouTube for us. Going to Gussie, helping us get that algorithm up. Uh, Benny Smiling Saiyan, I think he's in the comments. Saw him earlier. I said, so proud of the uh, guys and the effort they put in. I'm sure the little errors may have cost us, but they fought back. Result was racist. I agree. It's definitely, it has to be some sort of <laughs> Interesting. racist Racist how? Because we have about six or seven different races in our team. Uh, at the stadium, the fellow Tigers and myself were feeding off each other's energies. We fought back. My best mate, who's a Penrith supporter, wanted to come and experience the Monday, Easter Monday fun, became one of the biggest Tigers fans for a moment. Uh, LOL. Look, it was 20, what was it, 26,000? 28,000, I think. 28,000. If these two teams were playing well, legit. 50 plus, I reckon, to get 28,000 when there's only one win between the two teams uh, all year. Look, it was probably what was the ratio? You reckon it has 50 50 Tigers to oh, Eels? I'd, I'd probably say maybe 45 Tigers, 55 para. We, mm. I think we were definitely outnumbered, but it wasn't by all that much in the end, I don't think. Mm. Uh, right on to Patreon questions, patreon.com forward slash Westlife. If you'd like to support the show and uh, join us on the Discord and join in all the fun. It's always stuff happening, talking about... Uh, I know, Rob, you've given a few good tips on betting recently. Uh, I did all right in the ponies just last weekend, just quietly. Uh, right, what have they got for us this week? Um, Ben Ellis, does Benji come back now? Adam's injured. I had a laugh, but also, I don't know. Does Benji? He's he's been he's been training. So, anything? Anyone? Yeah, I'm honestly, I love Benji. You know, one of my favorite players of all time. But I'm sick of hearing that he's running rings around everyone at training and that John Bateman loses his shit when he does that. And no one can understand John Bateman when he loses his shit. <laughs> but, you know, instead of, instead of Benji running times. rings around him, instead of Benji running rings around him, teach him how to fucking run rings around him, not do it yourself, and teach him how to stop him running rings around you. And, look, to be fair, <laughs> I think I think we're mostly stopping the running rings around us. Unfortunately, we're just not stopping rubber kicks this week, but... You know, most of the time our, our D's been pretty good, except for that left edge in the first half. But, um, yeah, we, we need Benji, you know, teaching Wakeham, teaching Brooksy. You know, they, they're the guys that have to be doing it. It's no good Benji doing it. It's just, you know, I, I know I know, I know, know he's trying to teach him, but you know, I'm just sick of hearing how he carves them up. Like, I don't care. I want our, our current players to do it. Uh, question, GD Tiger on the live stream. Question for Josh and Azza. Now AD's out for a little bit. What other player can I call Rob out on to keep the pot spicy going <laughs> forward? Look, if you no, say... Any... Tiger. You're a good man. All good. Unless unless it's Sean Bloor, that way I'll block you if you say anything bad <laughs> about him. Uh, All good. Backstar, Gutho is a twat. Yep, 100% agree. Uh, Brendo, what does... AD's future hold after a third ACL. Terrible luck and wish him all the best in recovery. We'll have to see, I guess. It's um we are not qualified doctors and nor do we have all the information. So 
Sheensy's mentioned in the press conference didn't give me didn't give me much. Mm. Like Sheensy kind of said when when he was pressed that it was that AD was going to be out for you know possibly a year. Sheensy said it could be worse. So that sort of attitude to me makes me feel like when Adam's contract's up at the end of 2024, we're not pursuing him. And and I know that's just a lot to read into from a one-liner at the press conference, but I'm pretty sure that's why Adam never got the deal that he wanted because the club, probably rightfully now, were worried about his knee and his knee has flared up. So I'd be very surprised if Adam's with us in 2025 and, and I hope he is and I wish him all the best in his comeback and I hope he blitzes it next year, but there'll always be that worry in the back of their mind. What if he does it a fourth time? So, yeah, I, I don't know what the future holds. I think now that we know, though, that it's only a partial tear, there is a there might be a bit of a better chance mm. of seeing him. Yeah, I, I don't know if partial or partial knows. or full makes a difference, Aaron. I really don't. I'm not a doctor, but I still think it's a problem. I mean, it was it was oh, great it signs that could actually walk off. Most, most guys can't walk off on their own when that sort of thing happens. They mm. need assistance. So that was definitely encouraging, but you're not going to be rushing Adam back when, you know, we're sitting no wins out of 20, are we? Like, we, you know, there's no point bringing him back this year. Yeah, so no. We've got, to get, we've got to get him right for next year. But I, I think, you know, to be safe, the Tigers are going to have to look. We, we need to find a number one. We need to find a number seven. We need to find a number six. Uh, and that's no disrespect to, to Adam. I'd have him as number six, but obviously, you know, his leg's going to be an issue moving forward. So... Uh, we we need we need to get some help in that spine for Appy. Uh, Gussie on this is not Gussie live is Gussie uh, earlier on the Discord. Sometimes it's best to have everything in front of you: a win, a run of wins, a finals berth, a premiership, back to back to back to back premierships. Keep looking up and forward, great humans. The best is yet to come. <laughs> Good on you, Gussie. Uh, noons, shout the noons. And he's uh, Dallas Mavericks missing out on the NBA playoffs. But he asked, is, Guth- is Gutho a twat? Uh, as, yep. Again, hard to agree. Uh, Watto said he's a fuckwit. Hard, yep, hard to agree. <laughs> uh, Baxter, Baxter again. Gutho's a flog, a knob, and has no X factor. Yep. A uh, lot, of, lot of Gutho hate in the questions this week. Uh, Tigers, Tiger2047. Uh, always been rumors that even his teammates don't like him. Uh, that's not really a question, that's just a statement. Um, and as you wrote back, a twat, a twat waffle, yes. <laughs> so, uh, a lot of lot of gutho in the uh, the questions this week. And lastly, our Benji Marshall tier Patreon, Shane uh, Coet, he said. I'm emailing. He did. I did see this email come through at halftime. He said, "I'm emailing at halftime. We do look better. I sent something in the air. We can win this. Was I right? Look, you missed it by that much, Shane. It um, <laughs> it would have been pretty funny if they had a almost spoken into existence, Shane. Yeah, he literally. I saw he, that. How did he pick that at halftime, guys? Like, seriously, I don't know. The, I saw the e- email come, popped up on my phone at halftime. I did see it come through. So wow. Good on you, Shane. Shane, Shane Stradamus. Uh, righto. That does it for tonight's show. Thursday night, uh, I've written the West Tigers versus the Bye preview show because we don't really know uh, too much what we're going to do on Thursday. We'll try and figure something out in the next 48 hours, something fun to do, maybe a mail, 
mailbag or something, keep an eye on our socials, what we're going to do. But it's Thursday night, no show Wednesday night. We'll give you 48 hours to listen to this one before our next one. And as I said earlier, I'll be at the West Tigers 10-year member dinner, which was supposed to happen two years ago, I think. And they got cancelled for COVID. So uh, I'll report back from that if I get let in, as GD Tiger said earlier. But, uh, boys, anything else to put on uh, the weekend's game before we head off? Say goodnight to Big Dog. No, just uh, look, it was an improved second half. Um, you know, I'm going to be a little bit negative. I think we're just conditioned to, cons- you know, what do you call it? Consolation prizes now. Like, we've been so bad for so long that when we see an encouraging second half, we're like, oh, that, that, that's great. That's not yeah. great, guys. We lost. And and you look at those performances individually and there's a lot of good things to take out of it. And we've got to sort of wonder now where are we going to get our next win from? Like Adam's gone from the for the year. He's the one that creates the most out of the halves. NATO's a strike weapon in the centres. Like, like we've got, you know, we've got some tough shoes to replace. I just want to ask you, Josh, to make sure you tell Pasco tomorrow night to make sure Junior, <laughs> Junior Tupu's getting signed up, getting getting extended, not to wait, not to wait a year and a half like he thought. No worries, James Tedesco's not going anywhere. Junior Tupu's not going anywhere. That was the same sort of attitude. We need to get this guy signed up ASAP. Well, I just played this clip of what you just said. Just play it to him. Oh, well, if you're going to play a clip to him, can we start again and I'll put in some F words there? <laughs> <laughs> As anything to sign off with? Uh, nothing to add on the previous game, but spoiler alert, guys, I might as well make the announcement now. Uh, my move to Sydney was a bit of a ruse. I was covering for the fact that I'm going to be getting a run against the bye in the halfback jersey this weekend, so look forward to that. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll just the corner, the ball out on the full, mate, and you'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> Do the best we'll head down. We'll head down to the local... Uh, what's our closest footy field here for us? Uh, I guess no a core stadium. I'll get us onto a core stadium and we'll just have a, <laughs> Training a few shots. I'll, sh- I'll tell you how to We'll do some better off. shots than Appy did, that's for sure. I'd, I'd, Legit- I'd do some better shots than those two blokes that went at halftime, I reckon. Yeah, that, uh, yeah the halftime entertainment. Look, in terms of halftime, just on that, halftime entertainment, the kids having the sprint race and... Um, just a couple of punters kicking for goal. I reckon that's enough for halftime. I know people put a lot of emphasis on the NRL needing better halftime entertainment. I'm fine with that. Give the kids a run. Watch someone make a fool of themselves kicking kicking a footy or catching a footy or something. So, yeah, And also, shouts out challenge. a compliment to the club. They were handing out free flags, which I thought was cool. They literally, and it made the crowd look really good. Um, I brought mine home, gave it to my son, who was waving it around the lounge room, having zero idea how much um, pain and suffering the team causes me. And he was yelling, go Tigers mind, around. I my bed. <laughs> oh, yeah, there it is. So, yeah, so they didn't have to do that, the club, but just one of those things that, yeah, a small small gesture goes a long way. So, how um, good was that I, time to go, Pasco sign? Were they giving those out as well? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. That might be the next game. 
But um, righto, shouts to everyone, the hundreds of you that joined us live tonight, and to the thousands of you that listen to us every every episode. We love yous all, and uh, until next time, guys, go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. Win the bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Please follow us at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter and facebook.com forward slash Westlife Pod. You can also support and take part in the show at patreon.com forward slash Westlife and give us a subscribe on YouTube and turn notifications on. We'll see you again next time on another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Mm-hmm.